Welcome to your Daily Cup of Inspiration podcast with Deanna Hobbs, founder of Empowering Everyday Women Ministries, broadcasting live from our headquarters studios in Buffalo, New York. Visit us online at empoweringeverydaywomen.org. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you're listening to this podcast. It's Deanna Hobbs here, coming to you on this beautiful Tuesday, June 2nd, saying this is the day that the Lord has made and no matter what, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Boy, have I missed you so much. And if you are on the ministry mailing list, you may have received that message I sent to you over the weekend. And I encourage you to read the entire email message, but please know that the work of the kingdom is going forth. And I thank you so much for your liberal and generous support during this time. And even though so many things around us have been shaken up, God's favor has helped us remain stable. He has been blessing the ministry and strengthening us to carry on the work of the gospel. So I love you so much and I appreciate you tuning in today. I just felt that the Holy Spirit was impressing it upon me to say something about what's happening in our nation. And there's encouragement here for you too today. Of course, always I want you to have a biblical perspective. We are going to get through this. The Lord is on our side. His favor is with us. Today, just for a little while, I want to talk to you about the subject, Stay Woke. But first, a prayer. God, I humbly submit to you and ask that you would word my mouth today as I address these sensitive issues facing our nation. I thank you for the person that you sent to press play. Please give me your perspective to share and let something they hear edify them, strengthen and encourage them. In Jesus' name, we count it done according to your will. Amen. As we all know, George Floyd died of asphyxiation at the hands of a white police officer who took an oath and accepted the call to serve and protect American citizens. What Derek Chauvin did was despicable. He kept his knee on the neck of George Floyd for 8 minutes and 46 seconds as George Floyd pleaded saying, I can't breathe. 2 minutes and 53 seconds after George Floyd was unresponsive, Chauvin kept his knee on on his neck. Chauvin, who had 18 complaints filed against him over a 19-year period, is now facing a third-degree murder charge for this disgusting act of violence against a black man who was compliant and subdued. The three other officers who were involved in this murder and are therefore equally responsible have yet to be charged. Daily Cut family, that horrific video of George Floyd being murdered in cold blood has sent chills up the spines of Americans and people around the world, those of us who are decent and love our fellow brother and sister cannot help but be upset, disgusted, utterly repulsed, gutted and hurt by what we saw. What's sad is the fact that what happened to George Floyd is just one incident in a long string of incidents that show the ugly face of racism, systemic oppression, and injustice in America. As a mother of two black sons, two black daughters, and the wife of a black man, my heart bleeds and aches because of the callousness with which the bodies of black men are handled by police officers. Many in our society 
have become desensitized to black pain and many have dehumanized black faces and bodies. But these black men are fathers, sons, husbands, brothers, uncles, mentors, and friends who deserve their dignity and humanity and should be treated fairly. You know, we have seen protests break out right here in my beloved city of Buffalo, New York, as we are all still reeling from the murders of Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and most recently, George Floyd. A fire was set at City Hall in downtown Buffalo over the weekend. The windows of several buildings that housed local businesses were smashed. An SUV was driven through a police line during peaceful protests. The drivers were shot and an officer was injured. There has been unrest in our local community and some have been arrested. Calls for justice are ringing out and we're seeing that the long-held simmering resentment over the ugly, oppressive impact of racism, specifically within the African-American community, has reached a boiling point. And the fire of anger and the impassioned pleas are now being externalized. Tensions have boiled over. We're witnessing the raw, real expression of anger, outrage, grief, and sorrow in real time. While there are many peaceful, nonviolent protesters who are calling for justice just the same, rather than focus on how people are protesting or condemn anyone's expression, I think it's more important to focus on why? I believe that people of all races, ages, socioeconomic backgrounds, and more are protesting to underscore the importance of abolishing racism in our country, which attributes to the rise in incidences of police brutality aimed at unarmed black men and women. I have heard protesters chanting, I can't breathe, echoing the words that George Floyd and Eric Garner uttered before being murdered in broad daylight by police officers for alleged crime that were minor. I've heard chants that say stop killing black men. I've heard chants that say no justice, no peace. And the message is crystal clear. America needs to change. And we are at an impasse, at a crossroads in this nation. Unless things shift, the unrest, upheaval, violence, and downward spiral where we see things devolving into chaos will continue. Justice is not optional, and it is not a privilege reserved for a few it is a right deserved by all. Right now, I know many are feeling utterly hopeless. The entire team here at the ministry has heard from many of you during this time. Some of you have said you feel like nothing will ever change. For some, those feelings of powerlessness have led them to take desperate measures and lash out and break things and curse leadership and vandalize properties. And while that is not the answer, if we're truthful, no one seems to fully know the answer to ending systemic oppression and stamping out racism. It is interwoven into the very fabric of our nation. Racism is ugly, evil, and insidious, and it is a tool that the enemy loves to use to divide us and push us to commit heinous acts against our fellow man. As believers, we know that we are in a battle between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. Scripture tells us in Ephesians 6 and 12 that our fight isn't a political, social, or economic one. It is a spiritual one. Scripture says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You better believe and know that the forces of darkness are at work to drive a wedge between us and cause us to hate and do hateful things. Friend, we must never forget that Satan is a spirit with a diabolical agenda. First, 
1 Peter 5 and 8 tells us that he is constantly on the prowl like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. This is why we are to stay vigilant, which is the Greek word gregoryuo. And that means to watch, pay attention, be cautious and alert lest we be ensnared by our adversary. This is exactly what Jesus wanted the disciples to do when he was at Gethsemane agonizing over his forthcoming crucifixion. The Savior took three men from his inner circle with him, Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and told them to watch with him in Matthew 26 and 38. Daily Cup family, as Jesus went to pray, the disciples fell asleep, and when Jesus finished praying and found them slumbering, he asked Peter, couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? To paraphrase, Jesus told them, didn't I tell you to stay woke? And then Jesus said, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The Lord knew that his followers' faith would be challenged and they would suffer persecution in the coming days when he died a criminal's death on Calvary's cross to redeem mankind. That's why he told them to watch using the same Greek word, Gregoryuo, that is used in 1 Peter 5 and 8. Jesus told them to stay woke so that when temptation and persecution and trouble and the storm came, they would have power to withstand it and overcome. In our society, being woke means being aware of important issues, right? Social issues and issues dealing with racism and injustice in our world. As believers, we also need to stay woke about the underlying spiritual issues that are at the core of every other issue we see manifesting and realize that Satan is busy working. He's active. He's on the prowl. He's plotting and scheming. He's doing his best to divide us. He's using whoever and whatever he can as a tool to promote his agenda and employ his evil tactics to undermine anything good, righteous, and uplifting, anything that would possibly lead to unity and justice. We're not surprised by the enemy's tactics. Jesus certainly wasn't. He prepared his disciples for persecution, heartache, and difficulty. He warned them that evil forces would oppose them. That's why he wanted them to stay woke, not just stay awake naturally to watch, but spiritually so they would be aware of the agenda of Satan and be equipped to fight. We are not hapless victims unaware of the assault of the enemy and taken by surprise. Though the things that we see and we face are often painful and ugly and unfair, we know that God the righteous judge is on our side and Jesus has already given us the victory. Back when Jesus was arrested and taken into custody, Peter didn't initially heed Jesus's message to stay woke. He failed and he succumbed to the culture that was against Jesus's message and agenda. Peter denied Jesus three times because he was fearful for his life. But we eventually see Peter make a transition, don't we? He matured and advanced Jesus's ministry after the Messiah ascended back to heaven. Peter worked miracles and Peter got folks saved and Peter helped to spread the gospel and grow the church. In 1 Peter 5 and 8, the same Peter who once fell asleep on the job is the 
one who shares the message with other believers that Jesus originally shared at Gethsemane when he said, be vigilant, stay woke. Peter was sharing this message with the various churches in Asia Minor that were suffering religious persecution and the message is still relevant today for us here in America who are facing racial persecution, economic injustice, social inequity. When we suffer persecution in any form, there is hope for us. See, Peter, after being tried in the fire of affliction, knew how important it was to stay woke, watch and pray and stay on guard. And that's precisely what you have to do and you have the power to do it no matter what's going on around you. And I'll tell you what gives you that power. If you go back to Luke 22 and 31 through 32, Jesus spoke some powerful words to Peter. He told him Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. When Jesus said Satan demanded to have you, that you in the Greek is plural. Jesus told Peter that what Satan was trying to do to him is the same thing Satan was trying to do to all the disciples. Sifting like wheat is important to look at because naturally speaking, in order to separate wheat from its kernels and other debris, it requires lots of shaking. So the debris and other stuff falls through the holes. Satan would love to use the recent unfortunate events we faced as a nation and some things that you've gone through personally to shake you up. He wants to shake your faith, shake your confidence, shake your emotions, shake the very foundation of your life. He hopes your faith will fall through the cracks of his sifter. Oh, but he has underestimated you. You can withstand the shaking because Jesus said, I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. The foundation of your life and all your circumstances may be shaken, but your faith won't be shaken. Your faith will not fail because Jesus, your advocate, your intermediary, your go-between, your sacrificial lamb who was slain for your sins and was resurrected from the dead on the third day has already won the victory. He has interceded for you already. So whatever the opposition is, be it racial injustice, social injustice, economic injustice and oppression, Jesus has already fortified you. He also warned every one of us in John 16, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. No matter what it looks like today, we have already overcome because Christ has already overcome and he fights for us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Stay woke. Remember, this is a spiritual battle. I love what 2 Corinthians 10 and 4 in the New International Version says, which is what I'm stirring into your cup of inspiration today. It says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. As you drink down the contents of your cup, stay woke. Be aware that a spiritual war is raging and our weapons are not the weapons of the world. Our weapon is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. As you stay woke, stay in the word of God. Stay on your knees. Stay seeking the Lord. Stay focused on your spiritual growth and development and remain full of faith. Even though it may feel like a rough ride, every road you take leads to victory that was already secured by Christ on the cross. Now let's pray. God, I pray for this, my sister, this, my brother. Give them the courage to face the issues we are all grappling with as a nation with faith and assurance that the promises in 
your word are true and you have already given us the victory. I pray for justice for George Floyd and many others who have been senselessly murdered, victimized, and oppressed in an unjust system. As we all do our part to fight against this injustice, please help us remember that our greatest war is against the kingdom of darkness. But we declare and stand in this truth, O Lord, that greater is he who lives in us than he that is in the world. As your word tells us to do in 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, we are casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We declare that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through you to the pulling down of strongholds. In Jesus' name, amen. Your daily cup of inspiration has been brought to you by Empowering Everyday Women Ministries, where we fuel your faith every day. For more information, log on to yourdailycupofinspiration.com. Thank you.